So the bottom line is this. If you're starting to feel emotionally depleted, physically exhausted from your work, detached, disillusioned and cynical, you may well be on the path to burnout. I'm Dr. Mark Rowe and welcome to my podcast, In the Doctor's Chair. As a family physician, my expertise is supporting people in the areas of positive health and lifestyle medicine. Join me in conversations that share life lessons, health habits and leadership practices, focusing on positive psychology, lifestyle medicine and ways that enable you to live with more vitality on purpose. Appreciating that when it comes to your vitality, that everything is so interconnected. Episodes will air weekly and you can find me wherever you listen to your podcasts. And of course, on my website, drmarkrow.com. As a practicing family doctor with expertise in lifestyle as medicine, my purpose is to encourage and support you in terms of positive health, personal growth and all things well-being. As I say, to never stop starting. Each month on a live webinar, I teach learning by doing and learning by being. The why and the how of health enhancing habits, giving you the science as well as support strategies to live with more vitality. I'd like to invite you to join my self-development club. To learn more and to sign up, visit drmarkrow.com. Burnout is a condition that's increasingly prevalent in the Western world. And today in the doctor's chair, I'm going to look at burnout in terms of what burnout is, the risk factors for burnout, in terms of how it can affect your emotional, physical, mental and relational well-being. And I'm going to finish up this short podcast with some questions for you to think about in terms of burnout and your life right now. In a later episode, I will discuss some strategies to not just prevent, but to treat and support recovery from burnout. Now, burnout as a term has been around for quite a while. In fact, back in 1974, Herbert Freudenberger, in his book, Burnout, The High Cost of High Achievement, he defined it as the extinction of motivation or incentives, especially when one's devotion to a cause or relationship fails to produce the desired results. And since that time, burnout has had a fairly checkered history. It's been poo-pooed by some as a new age form of not coping, while seen as the poster boy for workplace stress by others. And until recently, the medical community was pretty reluctant to formally acknowledge the existence of burnout, implying it was simply a form of depression in disguise. And that's no longer the case because burnout has broken new ground. It's now officially recognized by the World Health Organization in fact, for the first time, as an occupational syndrome. So here's the exact definition. Burnout is defined as a syndrome resulting from chronic workplace stress that hasn't been successfully managed. It's characterized by three separate components. Firstly, feeling exhausted or depleted in energy. Secondly, increased mental distance from one's job or feelings of negativity or feelings of cynicism related to one's job or workplace, and thirdly, reduced professional efficacy or accomplishment. Now, burnout refers specifically to workplace contexts, and it should not be applied to describe experiences in other aspects of your life. And there's no doubt burnout is increasingly recognized as being a modern day epidemic. In fact, some recent research from Gallup highlights that you know, more than 40% of workers experience burnout at different times in their career, while more than 20% report feeling it often or always. And perhaps since the onset of the COVID pandemic, burnout has become even more common. 
In the medical profession, burnout is extremely common. Research suggests at least one in every three doctors at any one time is experiencing symptoms of burnout. If you ask many doctors confidentially about burnout, they may joke and say, you know, which burnout story do you want me to talk about? Um, Because, you know, it can be part and parcel of a career that involves caring. Caring can be so wearing, not just for people working in healthcare, but for people at home, that have chronic ongoing caring responsibilities, whether it's for children or people with disabilities or elderly relatives. Caring can be so wearing. Now, the interesting thing about burnout is that burnout is work related and it's a result and consequence of of longstanding negative stress or toxic stress that hasn't been managed effectively either by the individual and or by the workplace and organization. And of course, you know, everybody can have stressful times at work and in their career and in their life. I mean, that's that's called life. Nothing is plain sailing. Life brings challenges to each and every one of us. I mean, I'm sure you've had some bad days as well when you felt, you know, very stressed and underappreciated, perhaps times when, you know, everything that could go wrong did go wrong. You know, that's part and parcel of life. Um, I've experienced those days as well, but burnout is different. Because burnout is where bad days become the new norm, where you have prominent feelings of being overwhelmed or disengaged or feeling cynical or feeling emotionally flat and emotionally exhausted. An analogy I like to use is that of a wet sponge. You know, with burnout, the sponge is squeezed progressively drier and drier and drier until there is not a drop of effort or emotional energy left to give. Because burnout drains and depletes the individual of the reserves, of the resilience in terms of their emotional well-being, in terms of their mind and their mental health, their physical energy and their relationships. So the bottom line is this. If you're starting to feel emotionally depleted, physically exhausted from your work, detached, disillusioned and cynical, you may well be on the path to burnout. And of course, burnout can be exacerbated by poor lifestyle habits, you know, the important foundational habits I talk about of self-care in terms of restorative sleep, exercise and movement, great nutrition, connecting with your purpose, building robust relationships and being able to really recharge from stress. Particular personality types are more prone to burnout, particularly the type A overachieving perfectionistic type mindset. And in the medical and healthcare settings, what's interesting is that it's those professionals who are often the most caring and the most empathic are the most vulnerable and susceptible to burnout because caring is emotionally wearing. So let's look at some of the documented risk factors for burnout. So firstly, I want to look at the workplace. And secondly, I want to look at individual factors and susceptibility. So in terms of the workplace, the report done by Gallup in 2018 has identified several risk factors for employee burnout. Firstly, workload factors. And a term I use is being blown away by the workload. And by that, I mean, you know, not having enough time, enough resources, or simply not having the autonomy to do your job properly. And an excessive workload, including overtime work, becomes unmanageable and chaotic, can quickly overwhelm someone and trigger symptoms of burnout. What's interesting is that employees who say they have enough time to do their work are far less likely to experience high levels of burnout. So an imbalance in your workload demands to the extent that, you know, there's little if any time or energy remaining for family, friends and hobbies, that's a perfect recipe for eventual burnout. Think again, particularly of the caring and helping professions. 
Secondly, in terms of the workplace, a workplace that's unsupportive, and this means the absence of those powerful and potentially highly protective workplace buffers around the impact of negative and toxic stress in the workplace. And these may include a workplace without reward or recognition for work well done or the absence of a supportive manager. Because as human beings, we thrive based on the quality of our human relationships, based on the quality of our social connections. And this is really important at work where workplace reward and recognition programs can be a significant driver of workplace engagement and workplace well-being. And again, you know, employees that are strongly supported by their manager are far less likely to experience burnout on a regular basis. Thirdly, role ambiguity. And while, you know, probably most people have a clear understanding of what's expected from them at work, you know, if if there's lack of clarity about roles and responsibilities or ambiguous job expectations or continually moving goalposts, these are all recipes for burnout. And, and fourthly, unfairness in the workplace. And in, in other words, perceived favoritism, financial disparity, dysfunctional workplace dynamics can all lead to eventual burnout. You know, fairness and equality of opportunity really do matter, not just on the glossy statement on the wall that talks about the mission statement of values, more importantly, in the lived experience and day-to-day reality of people that work in a workplace and organization. In other words, actions do speak louder than words. And of course, there are individual factors to increase susceptibility to burnout as well. Firstly, belief systems. So if, if you have a more pessimistic worldview, a more pessimistic mindset, uh, you know, Martin Seligman, the father of positive psychology. He, he did some fascinating research looking at the difference between optimists and pessimists. And really, you know, pessimists tend to take things personally. He talks about the three P's of, you know, taking things personally, seeing challenges as being permanent and also being pervasive, in other words, affecting every every other aspect of their lives. And having a more optimistic mindset can certainly help protect you against burnout. And that's something that can be learned, cultivated and developed through some of these strategies in positive psychology, as well as that believing that your work is boring, unstimulating, lacking challenge, work that's monotonous, perhaps believing you need to be in control, feeling and being unable to delegate to others, perhaps having a perfectionistic mindset that says, you know, good enough can never be good enough. Sometimes the overachieving type A personality type. All of these factors can lead to overwork and simply neglecting to switch off, neglecting to recharge from stress or give yourself sufficient downtime. Thirdly, perhaps just being a people pleaser, being someone that's never able to say no. As I say, sometimes in life you have to say no to good things so you can say yes to those things that matter most. And perhaps taking on too much responsibility, like a sponge soaking up all the work and projects available without any support, without giving any thought to how you're going to complete these tasks or who's going to support you in doing them. And finally, neglecting your own basic self-care needs. And that's a common feature with people that are suffering from toxic stress. They go back into their shell and they neglect the basic building blocks of good health and vitality. For example, getting enough restorative sleep, enough exercise and movement, recharge strategies from stress, downtime hobbies and great supportive relationships. So let's look at some of the symptoms of burnout because burnout can spill over to impact your relationships, your happiness, your health, your well-being, 
every aspect, every facet of your life. And as an occupational syndrome, it has a spectrum of physical, emotional, psychological and relationship symptoms that of course vary in severity from just a mild pattern, a mild dose of burnout to a full-blown burn. So physical symptoms of burnout. And of course, these are symptoms that may overlap with other symptoms of chronic toxic stress and may include you know, frequent headaches, cramps in your tummy, bloating, change in your sleep pattern, and perhaps, you know, finding it hard to get to sleep, waking up during the night, waking up early in the morning, changing your eating habits, perhaps craving sugar or craving carbs, feeling tired all the time with lack of energy or to fulfill or follow through on job commitments, you know, recurring colds and, and, and flu-like viral illnesses. And of course, long-term, adverse physical effects of chronic burnout, no different to chronic toxic stress. It can weaken the immune system and can potentially increase your susceptibility to a range of chronic adverse health conditions from heart disease and high blood pressure to diabetes and of course depression. Emotionally with burnout, you tend to feel emotionally flat. An analogy I like to use is that of a car with the pressure in your tires becoming flatter and your emotional bank account becomes empty, devoid of that inner spark of positivity or creative expression. And this can lead to emotional exhaustion, you know, feeling dull, listless, wiped out, simply having nothing left to give. And as you lose your spark and zest for life, your emotional well-being dips and, you know, your positivity ratio, which needs to be over three to one for flourishing, can go way down where you would be defined as floundering where your positivity ratio, the ratio of positive emotions to negative emotions is, you know, below two to one or maybe even close to even one to one. Psychologically, in terms of your mental health and well-being, burnout can affect concentration, leading to reduced focus, tension span, narrowing your sense of perspective. Because the red button in your brain, the amygdala, is on hyper alert from a chronically fight or flight stressed state. You experience diminished productivity and creativity because so much of your brain energy is being used just to keep that red button going all the time. And, you know, this can also not just deplete your willpower muscle, but change your mindset towards work as you, you see it as being increasingly wearing. And many of your normal challenges become insurmountable in your eyes and, and you just have a sort of a negative view of what you can achieve in the workplace. You may see tasks as being overwhelming or dull. You may tend to procrastinate or you might find, you know, you're just not as productive as you were. You're taking it a lot longer to get things done. And of course, negativity about work-related tasks can foster feelings of cynicism and feelings of resentment. Your confidence may take a dip with feelings of self-doubt. And of course, difficulty coping can lead to a perceived sense of being a failure. You may experience feelings of futility. You may feel psychologically trapped. You know, you lose your spark, your get up and go, your resilience takes a nosedive. And also what I call your sense of realistic optimism, the belief that your situation can change through the power of your own efforts. With all of this going on, of course, job satisfaction is likely to naturally greatly diminish with a reduced sense of achievement or accomplishment. And of course, that may lead to work avoidance or absenteeism. These symptoms in terms of your psychological health and mental well-being, of course, there is an overlap with clinical depression. And, you know, depression in itself may lead to symptoms, particularly of helplessness, hopelessness, worthlessness, loss of interest in pleasurable activities. The key differentiating factor, though, is that 
burnout has symptoms that are specifically work related. Whereas with depression, you know, you tend to have a sort of a low mood and feelings of negativity about all of life, not just the work context. In terms of your relationships and burnout, as you become more detached and withdrawn and increasingly isolated, you tend to retreat more and more into your own shell so that when someone is under stress, this is often something what happens. Instead of reaching out for help and support, which may actually help relieve and dissipate the stress, you tend to withdraw, which tends to make the impact of the stress even worse. And with that, you may become more and more irritable and feel resentful towards colleagues and management. More often than not, you'll start to neglect your own self-care because under the dark cloud of burnout, everything looks grim. It can be hard to have enough energy or resolve to take good care of yourself, even though you need it now more than ever. So here are some questions for you to consider if you think you may be at risk of burnout. Have you become cynical or extra critical at work? Do you have difficulty even getting into work to begin each day? Have you a high workload, including overtime? Is your work schedule unpredictable? Have you become short-fused with clients, with customers or colleagues? Have you stopped caring? Do you lack the energy to stay productive? Do you feel emotionally exhausted? Do you find it hard to stay focused or concentrate? Do you lack a sense of fulfillment? Do you lack a sense of satisfaction from your achievements? Do you try to be all things to all people? Do you find it hard to say no? Do you work in a caring profession like healthcare? Do you find it hard to switch off? Do you feel underappreciated at work? Do you feel downbeat and disillusioned about your job? Are you comfort eating to deal with workplace stress? Are you drinking excess alcohol or taking drugs to escape your job? Have your sleep habits changed? Or are you troubled by unexplained physical symptoms like headaches, stomach or bowel problems? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you may be experiencing symptoms of burnout. Awareness precedes change. Becoming more aware of burnout can enable you to take action. And the first and most important step is to make sure to talk to your healthcare professional, your family doctor or GP to evaluate your symptoms further. As of course, these symptoms may overlap with many other conditions, physical conditions or mental health or mood disorders, including anxiety or depression. Next time in this two-part series on burnout, I will look at some strategies to prevent and recover from burnout. Meanwhile, keep going, become a more active participant in your own well-being and keep on living with more vitality. Thank you for listening to my podcast, In the Doctor's Chair. For further resources to support you to live with more vitality, please visit my website, drmarkrow.com. 